podcast. My name is Gabe Jenkins. I'm the men's pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And one of the things that really intrigues me about God is just the reality that He is a storyteller. He is telling a grand story uh, really throughout history, but He's also a storyteller when it comes to your life. And I believe He invites us to begin to really pay attention to the story He's telling. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And we have the huge honor of having Sam Jolman with us. Sam is a counselor and author in Colorado Springs. And so, Sam, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Gabe. It's good to be here. I first met Sam uh, several years ago when I was going through my uh, grad program in counseling. And one of the very first assignments our professors gave us as a, as a cohort was, you need to go and receive professional counseling. If you're going to be a counselor, you need to care for your own heart and soul. And you need to know what it feels like to sit in counseling. And so I started asking around and, and trying to get some recommendations. Hey, who, who should I go and see as a counselor? And there was one name that just kept coming up time and time again. And it was Sam Jolman. And so I thought, I need to call this guy. <laughs> And uh, I'm so glad I did, Sam. I'm so glad I called you. So I know firsthand the goodness that that mm. is coming out of you, and I know the deep goodness uh, from a personal experience of what God is doing uh, through you and through uh, your your counseling practice. Thank you. So what I want to talk to you about today is uh, this idea of story, and how every man has a story, has stories. And that God is a storyteller and that there's an invitation that I believe God gives every man to pay attention and process his story, his stories. And this is something you're doing on a daily basis. You're sitting with men and you're helping them process their stories. And so uh, why, why do you think it's important? Why, why do you think there's an invitation from God to men, a man to process his story? Yeah, I... And I could give lots of reasons for why I think it's important. Um, and uh, we are storied people. Uh, we can't talk about ourselves long without telling a story. Mm-hmm. If I asked you about your weekend, you could say, well, it was good. Um, but if I asked a second or a third question, eventually you're going to be telling me stories. Well, what did you do? Well, I did this. Well, tell me about it. And right away, we're pretty quickly into stories. Stories are our way of containing, uh, telling about our lives, containing meaning. Uh, whenever we talk about the meaning in our lives, eventually we're going to tell stories about ourselves, uh, stories about how we got to our careers mm-hmm. or how we met our wife or how we moved to Colorado or live where we live or do what we do. Um, eventually the most important stuff of our life is, is going to be taught or told through stories. Um, so there's, there's lots of important reasons I could go into what happens in the brain neurologically when you tell a story well, how, how telling a story integrates your brain uh, neurologically um, uh, when you're connected to the story. There's not much else that can make your brain um, activated in a whole sense. So neurologically, there's reasons. Spiritually, there's reasons. We're storied people. We, mm-hmm. we, the Bible is almost all stories. <laughs> it's very little direct uh, discursive teaching. Um, but I don't think any of those important reasons um, are really what are going to get a man into his story. Um, you know, it's important to eat vegetables. 
It's important to go to the doctor and the dentist, um, but we're still reluctant to do those, or at least I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So importance in itself, I don't think, is a good sell Mm -hmm. uh, to getting in your story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think far more uh, the reason to get into your story um, is because you're stuck, Um, because you get in binds um, in your relationships and work, uh, more because um, life isn't working or you, um, um, you have that same fight with your spouse, or you get that same feedback from a friend, or that same thing seems to keep happening in your life, a betrayal, a setback of some sort, and it doesn't make sense to you, and you feel crazy. Um, why does this keep happening? I think that's the the better reason mm-hmm. to go into your story, is because you feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Engaging your story um, is actually about uh, becoming less crazy, um, about about having greater meaning for why the events of your life happen or why the thing keeps repeating in your life uh, that that hasn't made sense up until this point. I'm smiling because I think you just named the podcast "Becoming Less Crazy." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, what you're saying is so important because for. Uh, for the man who finds himself coming up against the same things over and over again, the same binds as you're talking about, what he does in those places is hugely important. Yeah. In terms of the the agreements he might make or the conclusions he might draw regarding why this is happening. Yeah. And so what I hear you saying is uh, an important part of beginning to process that more deeply is to say, hey, let's go into your story. Mm-hmm. And and begin to look, take a closer look at your story to see where these themes started. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah, like for example, um, you know, I I'll use myself as an example. In my marriage, my wife and I had a fight um, last week, and um, I I was saying to her, "It feels like you're saying this to me when you're saying that," and she's like, "I'm not saying that to you." But this, what I heard in my heart, what she was actually saying, but what I was different from what I heard in my heart, and what I heard in my heart, um, uh, mad comes out of my story, and I'm I'm more familiar with it now to say, oh, that's that thing again, um, that evil likes to work mm-hmm. uh, me over with, um, and accuse me with. Mm-hmm. So an- another reason I think to get into your story is um, evil knows your story. Evil has a file on you. I genuinely believe evil is aware of you of your life events, the traumatic life events that you you've lived, and that evil is a trying to use them to accuse you, because uh, it's often the vulnerable moments of our the traumatic moments of our of our life um, that are, are moments of vulnerability where our heart's more accessible, where evil can speak with a greater sense of authority, seemingly. To narrate things, and so um, another reason why it's important is that evil knows your story. Yeah. It's going, it's going to use your story against you. Um, case in point for me, even last week, a fight with my wife. As it played out, I was hearing something that totally connects to um, a, a time in my life where evil used an event in my life to accuse me. Yeah, that is so good. And you're talking about how. Uh, evil uses uh, these significant moments to accuse us. And I think that's part of what will keep a man 
from wanting to go back into his story is the fear of, wow, I, I don't want to relive that. Yes. That was so painful. Yes. That was so damaging. Uh, the last thing I want to do is go anywhere near that yes. again. So yes. what would you say to the man who has been through some very, very difficult uh, stories and there's this, he, he feels this resistance yes. to going back and processing any of that? Yes. Well, I would want to say going back into your story is not about going back into shame. It's actually the path out of shame. Ooh, wow. Say that again. That is that is just brilliant. So going back into your story is meant to be about getting you out of shame, not getting you into shame. I would say that the fact you don't want to go into your story says that the evil one holds power mm. over it, mm. um, that he, he, he's been allowed to narrate what happened. So the point of going back into your story is actually to get your story back from evil. It's actually to begin to process what ha- what happened in a way that gets you out of shame, mm-hmm. not further into shame. Mm-hmm. That is significant. Yes, yes, yes. And that's a hard one because it, it won't feel like it for a long time. Um, I don't think it, it's, even as you're doing it, I don't think it will feel very freeing um, until you begin. Um, the, there's a turning point where you start to realize, oh, I've been holding that story different than what actually yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, and that happens all the time with clients is as they tell their story, they'll, they'll usually give a headline about their story. So, oh, uh, I was, you know, this happened. And um, as we get into the, well, tell me more about what, what happened. Um, um, they'll usually give a subheading of what happened. Well, it, you know, uh, 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 such and such. But as we get into the story itself, as the, the text, it's usually, it's amazing that they remember more than they thought they remembered mm-hmm. and that they remember it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and often with a greater kindness to themselves um, than they initially had, like, oh, wait, that didn't happen quite that way. Um, there's, that, there's usually a turning point where they can... Um, sit with themselves differently than they have. Mm-hmm. So a man is really, in a way, he's learning to read the text of his story. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things I hear a lot of guys say is when it comes to going back and processing their life, their experiences, their stories, is they'll say, well, I can't, I can't change it. Why, why dwell on it? Mm. I can't change it, yeah, so right. why why go back? <laughs> well, what would you say to a guy who's thinking that way? Yeah, um, I'd want to say uh, you don't have neurons. Um, you you neurologically, whenever you tell a story, you change its meaning. So what they uh, neurologists have discovered. Um, is that you don't remember an event as it happened. You remember an event based on how you last talked about it. So as you tell a story, its meaning for you actually changes. So if you tell a story with kindness, it literally neurologically changes you. Mm-hmm. So you can't change facts, right, as if sort of these um, literal facts of what happened. But you can literally change your neurology 
about that story as you tell it. And as you tell it with greater kindness and curiosity, the meaning of the story literally changes in your brain. Mm. Um, so we, we, again, we tell a story we're based on how we last talked about it. We hold a story. So if you've never told a story, it's, it's like it happened. Um, meaning there are some stories that you may, maybe have never told before, um, and therefore they, they hold the same powerful shame that they did it when they happened. Um, but as you tell the story, they will change. Literally, it will change. Um, and as, if you tell it with kindness, it will change to a kinder story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we can't change the facts, but you can change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impact. It's meaning can change to mm-hmm. you. Um, and, and there are real changes. I love what you're talking about in terms of these are real changes happening in the, in the brain. This is part of, the, I think, how God is so brilliant. Yes. With neuroplasticity and how he designed the brain. Yes. It, it is a phenomenal design. Yes. I was, uh, I remember I used to teach fifth and sixth graders. And when I was, there was a time when I was learning about the brain. And I remember I was standing in front of a couple hundred fifth and sixth graders, teaching them the scriptures. And I was talking about the brain and the wonder of the brain and the miracle of the brain. And kids will, if they're not interested, they'll tell you. And one of the kids in the first row said, this isn't science class. <laughs> but what I, what I learned teaching fifth and sixth graders is, uh, again, if they're bored, they'll tell you. You know, they'll show you. Uh, but anytime a story is told, yeah. it changes the game. Yes. They go from that bored posture to they lean forward yes. and they lock in. There's just something about our brain and our heart and how God designed us that we naturally respond yeah. to story whether we're 50 or 10 yes we're, we're a people that uh we're intrigued by story yes yes yeah if if i were to tell a story of my own life to capture this um i remember uh, this was a while ago i was in counseling when i was in grad school as well so we have to smoke what we sell um, to actually be in counseling. Uh, and uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was something I was engaging about. Um, I've, I had always felt shame for my tender heart. I'd always felt shame for my tears or uh, my sensitivity. I even held it as, man, I'm really sensitive guy. And um, I always felt held that with shame. Like, I'm not masculine and... Uh, I don't belong in the the world of men, and so I was in counseling, talking to my counselor about that, and it, something had happened with some friends, some some guys, and I can't remember what it was now, but um, this story came back to me, and it felt really random um, at the time. But um, I remembered um, I was nine or ten years old, and uh, we did this Pinewood Derby at our church. It was like a Awana. Uh, event at church, the church Boy Scouts, church version of Boy Scouts. And we had a Pinewood Derby and uh, you, you make the car, you come. And I remember uh, my car started winning over the evening. So there's, you know, however many kids. And over, I kept like progressing in the circuit. And I, it came down to the last race. And I still remember the boy. It was another boy named Sam. And somehow I remember that. And it was, it was just our cars. And we raced. 
and I won. And I l instantly burst out crying mm. as I won. Just started bawling. And I, I sort of like floated around the room. I couldn't believe I had just won. And I randomly hugged the pastor's son, <laughs> who was this older teenager. And he was gracious enough to hug me back and, and um, just crying. I was so overjoyed that I'd won. And I remember seeing my dad, and, and um, he didn't hug me. And he was one of the leaders in this group. And uh, I remember later that night sitting in the car, driving home in the backseat, holding my trophy feeling awful, feeling such shame for having cried after winning. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's something in my dad's face, and I don't know why he didn't hug me, but, um, but I remember it, it said to me, like, I am embarrassing. Uh, I just burst out crying, and, and now everybody sees my sensitive heart. So I was telling this, fast forward now to I'm in counseling, telling my therapist this story, and he says to me, of course you cried. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, what do men do when they win the World Series? <laughs> what do men do when they win the Super Bowl? They cry and hug each other. And I was like, he's, he's right. And I've even watched like elk hunting videos. And there are guys that will, after when they come up on their elk after they've killed it and they find it, they'll like cry and hug each other about an, <laughs> a, a prize elk um, and it there was something of him engaging yeah. it took walking through that yeah. story yeah. and him sitting with me with kindness um, and I remember sitting in his office and bawling with like oh, you mean my heart is actually masculine and I could, for the first time I could accept my mm -hmm. heart with less shame mm -hmm. um, to say I have no shame after that well no, certainly the evil one wants me to still hold shame. But there was something of that day that transformed how I experienced that story. That's beautiful. And I hear in that an invitation, going back to God's invitation, in a way, without you even realizing it, he's inviting you back into that story. Yes. Because going through it, you naturally, as a, as a young boy, you're making agreements along the way. Yes. And God is going after those agreements to help yes. you begin to see the truth in it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I think that's important to honor as well, that God will bring stories yeah, back to yeah. you. If you'll let him, he'll bring back stories to you. Um, I don't, I, in counseling, um, I don't ever encourage digging with clients. Like, oh, you know, you really need to dig into your story. Most of the time, the stories that need to be talked about will come back to you. Um, there might be resistance to the memory, but I've had people wake up in the middle of the night, clients wake up in the middle of the night with memory of a story um, that they had never uh, uh, remembered before. Um, um, and that would be an encouragement. You ask God, what stories do I need to remember? Mm -hmm. What stories do I need to talk about? I had a client that did that on the treadmill uh, where he asked God, what, what do I need to remember? And a story came back to him that he hadn't, he hadn't up until that point remembered. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really, really important story that we're engaging for him. I like how you say that because that's accessible for a man. It's not yeah. like you have to crack this code and figure out, oh, how do I process my story? What you're saying is just start to pay attention. Ask, yes. ask God, 
what are the, what's the story you want to invite me into to process and, and, and begin to pay attention? Yes. Yeah. And you said earlier, and it's important to, to Mark as well, you know, you have a story. It's true. Your whole life is a story. But I, I honestly don't think we're ever going to, this side of heaven, this side of the new earth, get to see the whole arc of our story. And it's not to say it's not fruitful to look at, you know, zero to five, five to 10, 10 to 15, and do a kind of life timeline. I think that can be fruitful to see themes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about is you have, it's not just that you have a story, you have stories. You have lots of little stories, seemingly little, or not little in their significance, but um, you have lots of stories that will come back to you like this. That seemed like a really small little story of my life at nine years old. Um, but it came back and it had so much meaning. Yeah. Um, and there was so much war over that story. Yeah. Um, I don't hold my heart at, uh, in the same way mm-hmm. after processing mm-hmm. that story. What, what are some resources that have helped you uh, come to view life this way? And what resources have had a, a significant impact on your understanding of your story and helping you to process your story? Yeah, I, I think several books um, come to mind. The Sacred Romance by John Eldridge and Brent Curtis, I think is a profound, profoundly good book. Um, they give such um, good categories mm-hmm. for how to think about your story. Um, they tell some of their own story in that book. Uh, I think Wild at Heart is a great book at beginning to understand wounds and thinking about how it impacts your poser, as John talks about, your false self, or how you have edited your personality based on what's happened to you, um, how you hide your shame. Uh, I think that's a great book. The Healing Path by Dan Allender comes to mind. Um, Maybe as well I would add from Dan Allender, especially stories of sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. his book, uh, The Wounded Heart, Mm -hmm. or his newest one, Healing the Wounded Heart. Um, I think those are great resources for beginning to engage your story. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would add is it's always helpful to read other people's stories. So it doesn't have to be a book on how do you engage your story. Uh, although those are helpful, the ones I've listed I think are really helpful books. Um, and one more I would add to that, The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. And as well, books on you know, autobiographies, biographies. I, there's something about when you read a biography, you can see yeah. people's stories. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you can see the, the events of their life that shape them, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, mm-hmm. over their their. their their journey Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's one other thing I would add is it's really hard to see your own story Um, uh, eventually you're going to need to invite somebody to walk with you in the process Mm -hmm. and I love the courage over the years that you've displayed to do that Mm, thank you to walk alongside men to provide a safe place for a man to begin Mm -hmm. to uh look into a story and process it. Yes. 
Yeah, it's. I feel like I have a front row seat. Yeah. So the privilege is mine. Yes. Uh, and I will say it's so men carry such shame uh, about their hearts, about their stories. Um, usually, men come through the door because something's on fire, mm-hmm. because something's happened in their life, um, and uh, don't wait until something's on fire in your life mm-hmm. to to do some of this work. It's really important that you find kind people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people that might try to give you insights into your story um, uh, or tell you what they think is going on. Um, and that, that can be helpful to have insight into your story. Um, I think it's really important that you find kind yes. people that will sit with you as you tell your story and be kind to you and feel with you as you journey through your story. Yeah. Um, I think often of where Paul says, you know, you have 10,000 people. There's a place where Paul says, you have like 10,000 people willing to give you advice, um, but you have few fathers willing to walk with you. Um, and I think he's getting at something of that, that you need kind people. Um, kindness is absolutely important. And then just to be curious. Beautiful. Would you close in just praying? Over the men who are listening, yeah, praying that uh, that we would all have eyes to see and ears to hear, that we would begin to pay attention. More. Yeah, God, it, I thank you that you have more for us, mm-hmm. that you have more joy, more freedom you want to give um, to every single one of us as men, and especially to the men listening. God, thank you that you do not want us stuck, that shame is never from you. God, I pray um, that you would bring back to these men the stories you want them to address, that even now, as they listen, you would recall to their minds um, the specific stories you want to meet them in and set them free in. God, thank you that ultimately all of our stories are caught up in your story of redemption, Mm -hmm. that you will always have victory over evil, that you always come not to condemn, condemn, but to set free. Um, God, I pray that you would provide for these men places, um, the guides, the communities of other men to walk with um, as they journey into their story. And God, I pray that they would begin to even get hints of the freedom you want to give to them. Amen. Sam, thank you so much. And if you want to find out more information about Sam, his counseling practice, or read some of his writing, you can go to Sam Joel